my pitch meetings would be 80% me explaining what a podcast was. Yeah. And it took a year before I'd go into meetings and people would go, oh, I've listened to Serial. And then somebody would go, my dad wrote a porno. And what's happened is it's grown and grown and grown exponentially. If you look at it on a worldwide basis, you've got about 400 million people listening to podcasts on a weekly basis, which is huge. And they're expecting that to go to 500 million by next year. Hello and welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Hutchison, and I'm delighted you're here. The Audience Growth Podcast exists to help you learn how to use organic marketing, that's marketing that costs nothing or very little, to grow your business. Because far too often, small business owners spend loads of money on advertising and don't get the results they were expecting and hoping for. So here on the podcast, every week we help avoid that by diving into strategies that will help you grow a business that's here for the long term. Sometimes on solo episodes and sometimes on long longer guest episodes like this one. On today's episode, I'm chatting to voice actor, podcast producer and host, speaker, mentor and presenter, Ant McGinley. I think we can safely say he's multi-passionate. I first met Ant at a marketing event down south, then heard him speak at a podcast event in Edinburgh, and he'll be speaking at Adventures in Marketing in Edinburgh on the 9th of February, 2023. If you haven't heard me mention it before, hit pause right now and go and check out adventuresinmarketing.uk, where you'll find the full lineup of speakers and event details. Tickets are selling really fast, so make sure you don't miss out. We would love to see you in Edinburgh. Back to today's episode, and it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Ant to the podcast. Hi, Ant. Hi, Nikki. Very nice to meet you. So for any listeners who might not have come across you before, I have obviously in the intro listed out a whole heap of job titles there. But can you tell us a bit about what your business looks like and what you spend most of your time doing? So most of my business is built around uh, podcasting in one form or another. So there's a lot of stuff that I do creatively myself, which is great. And just since lockdown happened, new avenues opened up for me there. So on the back of doing podcasts, that's led to me doing voiceovers and also voice acting. I'm still very much got the imposter syndrome with that. But it's quite exciting when you hear that. And I have that real excitement. Like if anybody's done their first podcast that's listening to this, you either do one of two things. You're either totally embarrassed and cringy and you don't want to hear it, or you make everybody listen to it wherever they are, whatever they're doing. And that's very much what I'm doing with the voice acting. I do a lot of other stuff helping other podcasts as well. So sometimes that's just in terms of engineering. So the recording, those kinds of things. And then I work with a lot of podcasts. Like today I'm working with a brand new show, which is about to launch called Town Sounds which is all about the musical heritage of Kirklees in Yorkshire. And they're completely independent. They've come to me about the project they're working on. A lot of the time, actually, people come to me and they've just got an idea. What's different about this is they've come to me and they've done everything and they've done it so well. And they just want to make sure it gets out and gets in the right place. Because although podcasting is relatively easy, it's still a complicated way to get it out there if you've not done it before. And then I work with a couple of other podcasters on some other events-based stuff. We haven't done an in-person one since lockdown, so I feel for you. We're getting ready for this one. And just everything that comes with that, I know how much effort goes into those. But it's so rewarding when you do that. And actually, when you do a great event, the connection that you make with people, the memories that people have from that, they'll come back, they'll do anything that you're doing online. 
They'll like every post that you put on social media. It's a really great way to get out there and meet people. And then what has happened on the back of doing the voice acting is another show we started during lockdown. I, I think I have a problem, by the way. I think I've done almost a, a hundred different podcasts in one form or another. Some are still going, some have started, some have finished, some have just been on for one or two episodes. Every show I've done has opened up a door for me. And the door that this latest one has opened up for me has moved me into live performance and on the verge of stand-up comedy. But again, that's something that I'm still not quite comfortable with saying I'm a stand-up comic yet. But you did some stuff in the Edinburgh Fringe, am I right in saying? Yes, yes. That was on the back of that. So this is the amazing thing about the podcasting journey. And I'm very much proof of that for anybody. You don't know where it's going to take you. And if I can not talk about myself for a moment, the first sort of podcast I did when I really invested in it as, as doing it as a business and taking it forward and trying to get a sponsorship, although I did my first shows back in 2005, the first one where I really invested in it was in about 2014, 2015. And it was a, a friend of mine, my martial arts instructor, who did not fit the bill of being a good presenter. He's got a very strong Irish Coventry accent. Uh, he has ADHD and cannot stay on target with his questions or his answers. And he just doesn't fit the bill of a presenter. But he lives and breathes martial arts. And he has real life experiences with these incredible people all around the world because he's been there and he's trained with them. And I approached him with this idea to do a show. And within a few weeks, we were interviewing somebody who had trained under Bruce Lee in person. Wow. <laughs> then we found ourselves being invited along to Q&A's with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> and then we were flown out to Malta to cover a martial arts tournament because we teamed up with a YouTube channel who were doing the same kind of thing. And we still work with them now, although I'm very much in the background now as an exec. And also as a martial artist, he was doing very well. He's always been a great martial artist. But on the back of doing the show, suddenly he was being booked for more seminars, which is like being a guest instructor coming along. He was being invited to do commentary on DVDs of fights. And these were things we never expected. In the beginning, it was just like a way of capturing these conversations with people that were in the art. And that's just an example of how it can take you in a direction that you don't know where it's going to go. Absolutely amazing. So some really clear examples there of the opportunities that podcasting or hosting a podcast can create. Now, I think that one of the biggest fears when people are thinking about starting a podcast is probably, well, apart from how am I going to make time for this? The second one, I believe, from what I've heard from conversations I've had is how the heck am I going to promote this podcast and keep people interested? And I know from reading about podcasts that often people will have a favourite podcast or, you know, a few favourite podcasts that they'll listen to. And in order to be getting new listeners for your podcast, you've got to be good enough to replace one of those favourites that's on those listeners lists already. So how can people promote their podcast once they've started it and really grow an audience of listeners who absolutely love the show? Wow, big questions there. I mean, it can feel like a little bit in a way when you meet someone and you think they're amazing and then you find out that they're married. <laughs> That's the commitment that people have to podcast. It's so deep and so personal. But thankfully, there's less emotional trauma and litigation in moving somebody to a new podcast. 
And let's be honest, we are in a very busy world, we have very busy lives, and people's listening habits are very different. It's grown, and it continues to grow in the UK. It's still much smaller than in America. We've got about 10.5 million listeners to podcasts in the UK on a weekly basis, which is a seventh of the population. Considering the fact that that podcast I was talking about earlier, when we started that, and I started going around trying to promote it, and also to get businesses to do other podcasts, my pitch meetings would be 80% me explaining what a podcast was, yeah? And it took a year before I'd go into meetings and people would go, oh, I've listened to Serial. And then somebody would go, my dad wrote a porno. And what's happened is it's grown and grown and grown exponentially. If you look at it on a worldwide basis, you've got about 400 million people listening to podcasts on a weekly basis, which is huge. And they're expecting that to go to 500 million by next year. So it's not a lost cause by any means. If you haven't started your podcast yet, it's still a good time. Yes, but here's the thing. There are, depending on which statistics you look at, either 2.4 or 4.5 million podcasts. The reason why there's different figures for that is quite complicated. It's to do with private feeds and all those things. But effectively, there are a lot of podcasts out there. However, there are a lot more YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and things like books. Nobody ever says there's too many books. Yes, so there's opportunity here. And the brilliant thing about it is it allows you to have access to the medium. It's still quite a special thing. Now, often you'll meet people, and I'm sure you get the experience, and you'll have it once you've done adventures in marketing, where people will come up to you and go, I could never do this, and I'm so impressed with you. And inside, I'm sure at some point, no matter how well it goes, you'll be going, I don't know how I did it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't know how I did it. And so there's still a little bit of magic about, even with this podcast, and if you put it out as a video as well, people will be like, oh my God, you're so confident. I can't believe you're there. You're so open. And let's both be honest, if people go back and find the first things that we did as podcasts and as video, they are awful. Andrew and Pete, who we both know very well, they did a great thing a few years ago where they went back and looked at their first couple of videos and they were awful, but they shared them. They embraced that. The camera angles were awful. The things they were saying, the content. Now it's very slick. They brought people in grown. So the thing is, there's lots of reasons to not do it. There's lots of scary things out there. There's lots of big figures. However, the first thing is you have to start. You have to go and make something, okay? And just because everybody can make a podcast, not everybody should. So that's quite a controversial point. Even though I'm a big advocate of podcasts and I think everybody should get involved and try it, you shouldn't necessarily. If you want to save time on making a podcast, here is the best way to save time on making a podcast. And that is go on other people's podcasts like I am doing now on yours. So I'm going to be featured on a podcast. Yeah, all I've done is I've turned up, I chat for half an hour, and then you have to do all the hard work, the editing, the promoting, all those kinds of things. I can retweet and promote out what you've done. But that's the absolute easiest way to get in and do that. It's also a good way for you to test it and try it and see if it's for you. In terms of getting it out there, I think what can happen is it's quite an emotional experience creating a podcast, especially because there's a lot of fear around it and a lot of things that people have to overcome in doing. Not everybody, but some people will experience that. And in doing so, once you've recorded it, you're exhausted. Once you've edited it, you've stressed and you've been anxious about it, you're exhausted. So by the time you hit publish and put it out there, you're exhausted and you don't want anything more to do with it. But the fact is, I mean, I used to say that moment when you press publish, you're only 50% of the way there. I'd say it's a lot less than that now because you need to go and shout about it. And even now, like, so the simple ways, like this is the show I took to Edinburgh. This is a very silly character comedy that we do called Wrestling with the Champ. You know, if you want people to listen to it, you want people to get engaged, you have to put it out there. Now, the thing is, people will come to this, and this one especially, some people will come to it and go, I don't get it. That's awful. I'd rather watch Mrs. Brown's Boys. 
which I have had from people. <laughs> now, the thing is, that's okay. Because you know what? There's so much choice out there. They can go and find something else. But the people that you do find will love it. And I think people panic as well about the figures that they get. Because when they look at things, they see these huge figures. People having like 12 million listens. Serial having 4 million listens. All these kinds of things. But you know what? That's a little bit like comparing your salary to Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. I mean, Elon Musk has come down a little bit recently. <laughs> but... The thing is, yes, there's always going to be somebody that's got lots and lots of listeners. But I think the trick with it is who the listeners are and what you mean to them and what that gives out. And so actually, there's somebody I've been working with who has a child with a very particular condition. I don't want to give too much away. That's so rare. There's only four children in the UK that have this and less than 300 in the world. And part of the issue is that it's really difficult to find out information and to find other people. So she's creating this to help build a community and to help save people what they went through. So in that respect, if she only ever has 100 people listening to that podcast, that's going to be, you know, a third of the potential audience in the world. So that's huge. So that's the ability to niche down and target. And so I think also from that point of view, it's about what means success to you. And people get very obsessed with figures and what those numbers mean. But if you can activate those, you can convert them, you can bring people to your product. I know you've got business from your podcast as well. I've been, you know, even on simple things like being booked to speak at events, being booked to appear at festivals, all those things have come on the back of having something and putting it out there. And I think even when you're doing it now at the level we are doing, you still feel these fears. They never go away. You still feel anxious. You still worry about, oh, I sound really tired. I don't sound interested. I don't think that joke landed. And those will always be there. I think what happens, and maybe you'll agree with me on this, is the more you do it, it's like the volume turns down a little bit on those little voices. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. It's still there, but it's just quieter. And absolutely agree with what you've been saying, Ant, about quality over quantity when it comes to listeners and building a loyal following who will hopefully tune into your podcast week after week after week. And my approach to marketing is like that. I'm much more about, is it an engaged audience that you're building rather than a huge audience? But with that in mind, if somebody has started a podcast, they've got a reasonable number of people listening. Obviously, that's very subjective. So whatever that number may be, and they are getting the kind of opportunities that you've talked about, you know, other podcast interviews, appearances, business from their podcast, people who've heard them, and they would like to grow that audience of engaged followers. Is there anything that you've seen any of your clients maybe or anything that you've done yourself that's worked particularly well to get the word out about an individual podcast yes excellent please share <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i think it's a combination of two things wish list which for some people is a little bit airy fairy but also strategy so for example the show i mentioned earlier about the martial artists and got down to like sitting across the table from Arnold schwarzenegger and jean-claude van damme is when we started we threw together a list of who we could interview and we had a few contacts in the business people that had fought in the ufc and we're like well i know him and he fought conor mcgregor and she's this amazing athlete and physio that fought as well you know so we had these list of people that we could pick up the phone and call which was great but every time we got one of those, I then said, okay, balance it out with Jackie Chan, which we still haven't got, but we nearly got him. Or then we go Keanu Reeves. And on that list, we had, I distinctly remember when we put this list together, we ended up with 20 names on either side. And we had Jean-Claude Van Damme about four names down. And as I say, 
we'd only got to like the third episode being published. We'd been working on it for about six months at this point when we actually heard that he was in the country and we reached out and suddenly we found ourselves being invited to this event. And I think having that focus really helps because a lot of people will do a podcast because it's in vogue and they'll do a podcast because Nikki's doing a podcast, Ant's doing a podcast. So what I like to do when I'm working with someone is turn into a five-year-old at the very beginning when they say, I want to do a podcast. And I say, why? And I say, why? And I say, why? At least five times. Because it's getting to the purpose for it. And I'm not afraid to tell people that I don't think it's right for you. And that might be because they haven't got the time to do it. It's because they haven't quite got the idea formed in their head. It's because they just think it's a cool thing to do. And actually, you have to be very strategic about how much time you're going to invest in it as well. So a lot of people will, because podcasting is still a little bit like radio, and that's starting to change now with a different generation. But those of us of a certain vintage who grew up with radio, we subconsciously try and repeat what we hear on radio. So the length of our podcast will be half an hour, an hour, two hours, because that's what radio shows are. The regularity will be every day or every week. It will always be out on a Sunday. And actually, you have complete freedom to do one episode a month, to do one episode a year, to do three episodes a day, to do episodes that are two minutes long. There are some podcasts out there that are seven, eight hours long, which is ridiculous. They're not very successful, but you're still one of the most famous podcasts in the world. I'm not a fan personally, but it's been going for a long time. Joe Rogan will regularly put out four-hour-long podcasts, and people will listen to it. Not all of them. And those that have listened to it will know that you can skip the first 15 minutes as well because it's all advertisements and endorsements. So to stop and think about what is it that you want to achieve from this? Where do you want it to take you? Because actually, you, you might just go, I want to have a presence. I want for people to know my expertise. And you might very simply go, you know what, I'm going to do 10 10-minute episodes about my subject of expertise. You can very quickly come up with all these different ideas based on your expertise. You don't have to do more than that. You could just have those 10 episodes. Once you put the podcast out there, the RSS feed exists and you've got it on a provider. As long as you keep paying the fee or you put it on a free provider, that will always be there until you take it down. And so if you just want people to be able to get a flavor for you, to be able to find you when they look at you and see what you're about, to have something different on your website. At the end of the day, podcasting, there is no magic sauce with this. There is no snake oil, whatever people say to you. I love podcasting. I think podcasting is brilliant. I built the last 10 years of my life around podcasting. But here's the big secret, right? It's just another way of putting out the message that you're already doing. There's nothing secret. There's nothing special to it. Yes, people can listen to it and consume it while they're driving or doing the dishes or walking the dogs. But you know what? <laughs> people still look on their phone while they're walking the dogs and doing the dishes. And some people are doing it while they're driving. So it's not exclusive in that respect. Absolutely. And I like what you say. It's just another marketing channel, but it is one that takes significantly more effort than a lot of the other channels, don't you think? Yes. But then at the same time, I think two things there. One, that can be practice and familiarity, like you say, the more you do things. And the second thing I think can also be the emotional barrier of the sound of your own voice, which again is one of those things where very few people in life love the sound of their own voice. We're hardwired, aren't we, to not like listening to ourselves and not like the way we look on video. But that's why I would never do my own editing. <laughs> it's one of the reasons. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That's a really great tactic to have. And if you've got somebody that can help you out or you can invest in somebody to do that, because what you're doing is then you're giving it over to somebody that has a perspective closer to the listener, to your audience, than it is to you. Otherwise, 
you will agonize and you will cut out every R, every mm, every... And I, I've probably done, if anybody's counting them, if you're doing a transcript of this, there's probably 2,000 words that I say time and time again. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It's fine. Well, don't you worry, Anne. They won't be there anymore because John does the <laughs> editing and is a complete perfectionist. <laughs> yes, that is why I sound perfectly natural when I'm speaking now. <laughs> Okay, so before we finish up, what about your session in February at Adventures in Marketing? What can listeners expect if they're coming along to hear you speak? So what I'm looking at doing with this is looking at the fact that in podcasting as it is today, there are very much two camps. There are still people that say it's a wild west and there's no rules. And there's other people that say these are the rules. This is how you do it. This is how you have to do it. And Personally, I think they're both wrong. But, you know, there's a lot of that out on the internet. People with opinions, they're entitled to have them. And what I'm going to do in my session is try and break those down, get rid of the ones that don't matter and get to the nub of what's key to those particular things. So especially if you have never done a podcast before, if you're excited about the medium, but you're not sure where to start, if you've got doubts about it, that's what I'm going to focus on. The one piece of advice I would give to you is if you're looking for somebody to mentor you with the podcast, if you're looking for someone to edit your podcast, if you're looking for somebody to market your podcast, people are very, very good at selling themselves and smoothing over their own background. There are a lot of people out there telling you what to do at the moment who don't have a podcast and it's really difficult to find their podcast. And that is a red flag for me in a lot of these cases. And yet these people do very well. And then the bloody had a number one podcast in iTunes, but people don't seem to go and look and see what was this podcast? Let me listen to it. Let me hear how it sounds. And yeah, I think because it's an area that's exploded, there's so many people doing it. There's a lot of people out there that have been on somebody else's course and think, oh, this is a good way to make money. And they'll go and sell that. That's my little word of warning to people out there. Much like marketing and business strategy in general. In fact, I did a post about that on Instagram just the other day because I was scrolling through my phone in that quiet period after New Year, but, you know, before going back to work. And it felt like every other post was somebody offering up business advice. And I just thought, enough. You are not giving any evidence about having actually started a business, run a business, been involved in business strategy, had any sort of training before. So it inspired a piece of content of mine where I actually worked out, I've had the word strategy in my job title for over 20 years. Let's turn that into a piece of content. And it seemed to go down quite well. So I think that's what you're talking about here is really do your homework before you invest in somebody. Absolutely. And the other way is sometimes the best leg up that you can get is not by necessarily going to somebody who is classing themselves as a mentor, as a strategist. It's actually reach out to the podcast that you listen to, reach out to the podcaster that you really like, get in touch with them, even if they're in the same field. I spoke in the US a couple of times, I've spoke Scotland before, and I'm looking forward to doing that in February and all over the UK. Every podcaster that I've met, with the exception of one guy who was very drunk in a bar in LA, has been lovely. And he, actually, even that guy still bought me a drink. <laughs> so so the thing is, there is a really wonderful community. There is still, obviously, there's a lot more corporate that's come in, but I still see there's this almost like a brotherhood, like a family, like a frat house, almost. Yeah, that sounds very laddish, but since COVID, I'm not as sharp as I was. So I can't think of the correct modern term. So without having to do an initiation or any of those awkward things, it's almost just like you go, I do a podcast. And I've experienced it. People will literally take you out to lunch, find you somewhere to stay, you know, give you technical advice, 
sends you links to things, pieces of equipment that they've got. It's amazing. And there isn't the competition that you may have experienced in other sectors. And so I think that's a really good tip for you is don't be afraid to reach out to somebody, even if they're doing something very similar to what you want to do. Great. That's so nice, isn't it? Really reassuring. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Ant. You've shared loads of great tips today and really interesting perspectives as well. So finally, before we finish up, can you just tell our listeners where they can find out more about you? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ant McGinley. That's the easiest way to find me. And then if you look for me on something like Podchaser, in fact, you can just type my name to Spotify and pretty much all the podcasts I've been on will pop up that are on there that I'm tagged in, which is something people don't realize you can do. So you can look for Taylor Swift, you can look for me and we both pop up on, uh, (laughs) I've kind of been around a little bit longer. On the same podcast? (laughs) Yeah, not, not yet, not yet. And then there's a whole list of my podcasts. Anybody that's in Leicester, we're doing a live version of this show in February, just after I'm coming straight down from Edinburgh on the 9th to do the show on the 11th. And then we'll be back in Edinburgh for the first week of the Fringe this year. Oh, you're brave. (laughs) Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, Ant, and I'll see you in February. I'm looking forward to it. And thanks for everybody that made it this far in the podcast. That's the final tip I can leave with people. Be very thankful. Those people that have made it to the end of the podcast, they're the people that either love you to bits or don't know how to turn the podcast off. (laughs) And so are very passive and will do whatever you want them to. So it's a really good time (laughs) to sell messages at the end. So thanks to all of them. And stay tuned for me to sell the event tickets shortly. See you soon, Anne. Thanks again. Bye. If starting a podcast or powering up your existing podcast and getting more listeners is on your agenda for this year, then you're going to want to come and hear more from Anne at our event, Adventures in Marketing, in Edinburgh on the 9th of February. Not long now. If you're listening to this live, grab your ticket quickly because they are selling fast. Head to adventuresinmarketing.uk to find out who all of our amazing speakers are and get your ticket organised today. I'll be back next week with my first solo episode in a while. I'll be sharing details of how I've diversified in both of my businesses to create multiple revenue streams and why I'm such a big believer in doing that. Pretty much as soon as you've been in business long enough to have one initial revenue stream up and running, that's the time to diversify. That episode will air next week on Friday at 7am. I'd love to see you then. Now, before you do anything else, remember to go and grab that Adventures in Marketing ticket to join us in just a few short weeks to hear from Ant and a whole host of other experts. That ticket link again is adventuresinmarketing.uk and you'll also find it in the show notes. Have a great week and I'll see you next time and hopefully in Edinburgh too. Take care.